Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Jamie Wilkerson. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing great. So good to see you always. So good to be here. I'm so excited about today's program because we have a chance to revisit with two of our guests that last week opened our eyes to what it means to hear from God and upend everything. Mark and Kathy Fulton. They're friends who have moved to Haiti and... uh, I know that you have some Haitian friends growing up in Chicago. I do. What impressed you about Haiti, just knowing those people? As I got to know my friends that live in Chicago, I just really developed an admiration for the strength of the people of Haiti. And I got to see Haiti through their eyes. And, of course, I got to taste lots of delicious um, Haitian cuisine as a result. But I just have always um, admired their strength, their courage, their boldness. The attitude that they have, they never quit. Um, They never give up. They are very determined people. And so, you know, I just really admire that. Well, and so they have had to be. Yes. Because life in Haiti can be very daunting by the measure of Western comforts, you might say. And uh, Mark and Kathy Fulton are our guests again today who have dived in to come alongside the Haitian people to serve God and to invest in the country and to bring life. Mark and Kathy Fulton are guests. They are in our studio today, even though they have a house in Port-au-Prince, the capital of Haiti. So glad to have you with us, Mark and Kathy. Thanks for coming back. Glad to be here. And uh, these are two people who had very promising careers, flourishing careers. Promising sounds like they just got started, but they (laughs) they had developed careers in central Indiana, just on the northeast side of Indianapolis. Kathy, a speech pathologist in the public school system. Mm -hmm. No small assignment. Uh, As a speech pathologist, give me an idea of just what you would do day by day in the school. Mm, Everybody just thinks about uh, speech sound correction, which is part of it, Um, but language development, um, voice output devices, uh, sometimes pragmatic language, social language of students maybe with autism, just a whole variety of things, stuttering. And so really, I'd say fulfilling and satisfying career, helping people. I love it. Of course. And I'm sure that there are more people than we could name whose lives actually were propelled into the future with promise because of your investment there. And and Mark, you were a dentist in, in this town we call home. Tell us what that was like. Well, I know what that was like because I sat in your dental chair. <laughs> but from your point of view, what would, how would you describe dentistry? Did you find it fulfilling? The, uh, the, the career was a rewarding one, and uh, it was good to be able to help people. Um, I also forayed into uh, some other areas of medicine with people who uh, had head and neck cancer that needed treatment. So um, I got to do uh, some hospital care and uh, some some other avenues that made it uh, also very rewarding. So there were people helped, I hope, along the way from that career. I'm a witness. People. I'm a witness. <laughs> if, you, if your tooth hurts... <laughs> You're a help, I promise. And helping protect me from having tooth hurts, that also was a part of your game. So I I just know, Mark, you excelled in your profession as you did Kathy, and you have three children together, and you had a home and a life and friends, but you also had this doorway that introduced you to Haiti in the Caribbean, what's often called the poorest 
country in the Western Hemisphere, and by that we mean materially deprived. And, and you had a doorway, a visit, and then one thing led to another, and over a period of years, you felt like the Lord was calling you to interrupt your normal course and actually pull up stakes and relocate to Haiti. Am I catching that right? That's what happened to you. Mm -hmm. yes. And for five years now, you've actually been resident in Haiti. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what you do there and some of the unique challenges of right now, because Haiti is today just underneath our headlines in the United States. But wow, big news in Haiti these days. Mark and Kathy Fulton have found themselves in Haiti for the last five years because it's their testimony that God called them to go to that place. Kathy, you told me last week that you learned more about Haiti in the first year of living there than you had in 22 years of routine visits before. What is it that you've discovered about Haiti that you respect and admire? What, what is this new zone of knowledge that you have living there now? I think Jamie hit the nail on the head with talking about the resiliency of the Haitian people. Uh, so often people hear about Haiti and they hear the bad stuff. They hear the earthquake. They hear about financial poverty. But Haiti's just much more than that. Uh, and I would say the resiliency of the people is probably the uh, most impressive thing that we've seen play out day to day. And actually the adversity of Haiti that it's had to face historically probably mm -hmm. has polished and and strengthened a culture mm -hmm. in a way that we take for granted when we have so much more ease in our ordinary environment. Mm -hmm. And uh, the two of you are invested in a project. It's a, a Christian ministry called the Hospital at St. Ard. St. Ard is a, is a community outside of Port-au-Prince, and it serves a, a vast territory of people who don't have good access to healthcare otherwise. And uh, that's why you're there, but I know that you see yourselves as, as not necessarily the leaders of the project. You are there to help the project thrive, but you're working with Haitian people of great brilliance and capacity. Mark, tell us a little bit about those people and what's going on there. Well, first of all, our, our job is not to do, but to empower to do. And so we've been really blessed with a wonderful staff that uh, has been empowered to a degree uh, by us and by others to uh, allow them to complete their job. We have uh, a staff of physicians and dentists and prosthetists and eye doctors and nurses and lab technicians and radiologists that continue to serve a way above and beyond what is required and requested of them to help each other. So give me an illustration of uh, something that the hospital would be taking care of. Uh, what kind of cases do you see? Or maybe what's the most common case you would see at the hospital? It's difficult to assess the, the commonalities of the, the, the cases because it is such a wide variety. Um, there are, are many things. Let's start with prosthetics. If someone comes in and, and due to the earthquake, there were a lot of crash injuries and loss and that of was limbs. In, uh, about 2011, I think. About 2010. 2010? And, okay. and uh, the... Uh, even since then, other accidents and, and other um, problems medically uh, result in people needing a prosthesis. So because of the generosity of so many others coming together, our Haitian prosthetists can provide a way for this individual who would not be able to make a living, 
but to have a limb and to be able to walk. It's real easy to share the gospel of Christ when someone comes in not walking and leaves walking. Uh, that, that's pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, but we uh, really have just been blessed by the capabilities of our prosthetists. Other things that go on are people coming in who need to deliver a baby and may not have a way to do that or may be in a place of distress where they are unable to deliver their child at home. We thankfully uh, have been able to find some brilliant Haitian OBGYNs who can come alongside, do cesarean sections if needed, and help the health of the mom and the baby. That happens nearly daily. When we opened the hospital, we didn't know that we were really prepared to do deliveries on site. But when mom comes in and the baby is ready, you can't send them away. So since we opened that segment of our hospital in January of 2018, uh, we've averaged one birth a day. So at this point, you know, we are over 400 deliveries. And Haiti is a place with some material disadvantage. I've been a visitor, and uh, one of the most startling things you find when you land is that you know people, a lot of foot traffic, most people don't have cars. They are crowded onto those buses hanging out from every limb and so on. You know, there's, it's just a place of commotion and, and life and energy. For the hospital, which is servicing villages as well as its immediate community, but there's a large territory around it that doesn't have other medical facilities. How do people come to the hospital? When you say when mom shows up, are they walking? Are they on a motorbike? They have a car? What would you say? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what I would say. Uh, or a wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had wheelbarrows. We have people carrying each other. We have donkeys. We have motorcycles. We have tap-taps, which the definition of a tap-tap is if you think of a pickup truck with maybe a slight cover on the back of the pickup truck that you would shove just as many people as you could together. Uh, that is a method and a mode of transportation in that country. Uh, that is also a way. So all I know is that from the time that we have opened our doors in 2005 as a clinic and then uh, afterwards a hospital, we have over 200,000 patients who have been through. Wow. That's a houseful. That's a houseful. So how does it work if I'm, if I'm a patient, an indigent patient, coming to this hospital, St. Ard? Uh, do I contribute to my care, or is it provided to me for free? How does that work? Yeah, as a patient, you would come in and be directed to prepay, as is typical in all of Haiti. And uh, the payment would be usually about 2 or $3 U.S. to see the doctor and receive whatever medication you need. It doesn't cover our expenses. Um, that's why we do fundraising to subsidize the rest of that fee. Um, but, but it's an affordable fee for that it's accessible. Area. It's accessible. Mm -hmm. But it's important, you believe, that they contribute, to, that each patient contributes to their health care. To have some buy-in, yes. They, they need to have value and need to know that there's value to the care they're receiving. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that helps with the follow-through, too, I have no doubt. So I've been reading and hearing about a lot of turmoil going on in Haiti. How does that affect you, and how does that affect the work there? There is a huge level of unrest currently in the small island of Haiti, and so the accessibility of care for our patients is more difficult right now. Their, their roads are blocked. 
um, and there is the unrest makes the the challenges of arriving to our hospital uh, even greater because there's danger involved. It makes it difficult for us because oftentimes our staff cannot get to the hospital to provide the care that they need to give. Uh, the patients uh, may be afraid to uh, traverse the roads and to to get to the level of care that they need. You said uh, earlier to me, Mark, that in terms of gynecology, for instance, or, or labor and delivery, because that's not something that can be postponed. You, you might say, well, I'll get my, my bruised arm tended to later, but when that baby's on its way, there's no turning back. But you have an anesthesiologist and a gynecologist or a team of these that are actually rotating in, even with the crisis, to make sure there's coverage. Correct. And they are, again, going above and beyond. But our, our OBGYN and the team for anesthesiology are doing four-day rotations. So they have agreed to make uh, to accept the challenge to get around the roadblocks to come to the hospital. But their shift, I will call it a shift, uh, may be up to four days long as they will sleep at the facility to take care of the needs that present themselves. They'll be resident for four days yes. uh, in shifts. But that provides continuous coverage to the emergency room, Correct. as it were. And you, Kathy, and Mark are here in this country, uh, came home for a visit, not realizing that you might be delayed here because of all the unrest back in Haiti. You're living day by day, wondering, uh, will the next day open a way to go back to continue the work? But I'm also hearing you say that the work that you've poured your life into flourishes without you, even when you're here. Not that you're not needed there, they want you there, but there's been so much that's developed in the infrastructure of the hospital that it's able to continue. And that has to be, in some way, an encouragement. Our ideal is to work ourselves out of a job as much as possible and to make this a sustainable ministry in Christ's name in Haiti, sustainable by indigenous personnel, sustainable to the point that our Haitian friends can provide a living for their families, can have the dignity that they need to continue and better the, the life that they have. And thankfully, without our presence, they've still been able to maintain a level of service that we couldn't do even if we were there. In the end, this is a Jesus thing. Uh, you have given up your careers in this country and the comfort zone. You worked hard, but still, life here building is different than there building a life. And you're doing that because you think Jesus is real and that he's spoken into your lives uh, for this purpose. And he's real for the people you work with too. They, they also understand that calling of Jesus that helps them. Is there something in the scripture or in your experience that you would say, I'm standing on this, even when I don't have the easy answers. And even though it's, it's upended our lives, you have children still in this country, you come home to visit them, but hey, you're there and they're here. Uh, there are a lot, of, a lot of things that have been changed because you think that Jesus is actually in this. Why? What do you stand on? Well, I, I've quoted to you before, Jim, uh, Acts uh, 2024, um, that, uh, and this is uh, NIV, that, that says, I, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. There really is no logical reason that we should have given up a wonderful life here in the United States. 
but I couldn't see it any other way because there are so many things bigger than what we value uh, on a day-to-day basis as far as uh, physical comforts. There's a spiritual reward and there's hope beyond this place that uh, if people like our Haitian friends who may not have the physical comforts, they can have the hope for eternity that's going to have more than they could ever dream. We want them to know that and we want to be able to spread this word not only to Haiti but worldwide. And so would you say, having come this far, living your life here in the United States, now five years in Haiti, and now at a threshold of who knows what's going to be next given the the situation on the ground. I, I know you expect to get back, of course, but still, there are chapters yet unwritten. Would you say, and uh, I'm trusting you not to give me just that expected answer, you'd say, you know what? We know we're in the right place at the right time. We know this is what gives us fulfillment in life being obedient in this way. Would you say that? Living in Haiti is not easy. It's not easy for Haitians. It's not easy for us. Um, there's challenges every day. Sometimes I think when you experience, experience challenges like that, God puts you in a position where you can see incredible answers to prayer and know more about him and more about yourself. And I think that the richness that has been added in our lives by living this way has been something that I would never want to have given up. Um, it's not always been easy, um, especially you know right now the challenges. But um, it's a very rich life, and a life where we're we're growing and we're stretching in the Lord. And I tend to believe that in the end we're not going to be held accountable for how much we've gotten done, but just for how much we've gotten done of what God has called us to do. And I feel that we are maybe doing a small amount. But I can't imagine not being exactly where God has called us, which right now seems to be Haiti. Uh, as Kathy said, it's a difficult life. Um, the, the world of no or not dependable electricity and no, no ice and drinks. The cuisine is wonderful, <laughs> as was mentioned, but sometimes we don't get that cuisine. Um, uh, living on peanut butter and avocados for a while, you know, it's just not as exciting. But at least we had some food. But are we thankful to serve there? Absolutely. Our guests today, Mark and Kathy Fulton, have been painting a picture. Uh, they have been describing life uh, in Haiti and uh, their transition there and the work there and the hospital there and the wonderful people that is the team that makes it all possible, of which they're a part. Some of the challenges too. But at the bottom line, I, I have to say, Jamie, my takeaway is that being stretched and being in a situation where you cannot control all the outcomes always moves you closer into the reality of God into the, the knowledge of his goodness and his grace and his power in a way that when we can just turn on the thermostat and make ourselves comfortable or run down to the store and pick up that cool drink, we take for granted a lot of things, but when those are not there so easily, we begin to learn to lean on God in different and more meaningful ways. And wow, I know that there are people listening to us today who are thinking, I've got enough trouble without trying to get some more. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not really in for another a journey that might provide more challenges. But 
At the end of this story, there is this idea of Jesus who knows us, each one, who created us on purpose and has a destiny for us. There's something for us to do. I wasn't just brought into this world to have a cruise trip. I I was brought into this world to do something, to help reclaim it from all the brokenness that hell has brought to it. And I want to just appeal to everyone listening to us today to join me in a prayer a prayer that helps surrender our lives into God's hands in a way that we can do something for the good that God has made us to do and to surrender to it, even if it requires us to get out of our comfort zone a bit. Join me and pray right now. Take a deep breath and know that we are talking to God. Our Father, we're so thankful today uh, for your knowledge of us. We realize that we're small, and while we know some things, we don't know everything. We don't even know everything about ourselves. But this I believe, Lord, that you know us and that you know everything about us and that you know exactly what we can do if we just be willing to try, to take a chance, to take the dare. Thank you for purpose in life and thank you for your son Jesus who came into this world to show us how to live, to help us understand what really matters and what doesn't so much. Thank you for Mark and Kathy Fulton and their testimony and the testimony of scripture too that our lives count for nothing unless we're actually alleged and engaged with you, sharing the good news of Jesus and, and a way of Jesus. We pray today, Lord, for ourselves, that we will be surrendered into your hand. If there's anyone listening today, Lord, that doesn't know you, I pray that they will admit their sin and their need of you and allow you to transform them and make them born again. Forgive them, Lord, as they surrender to you. If there are people listening today who have already come into relationship to you but aren't sure what they're doing or why, I pray, Lord, that you will help inform us. And the next week, before seven days pass, just open our eyes to something that you're leading us to tackle for Jesus' sake. We pray for the work of the hospital in St. Ard, for all the great men and women of faith who are there on the ground right now, providing life and a healing touch physically and spiritually. We pray that you'll guard that property with the host of heaven and keep it safe in all the turmoil that's taking place right now in Haiti. And we pray that you will supernaturally breathe peace into Haiti just now. We pray these things, Lord, not because we deserve to be heard, but because we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you'd like to know more about how your life can be placed into the hand of God or how your life's future can be aligned with a destiny that God has appointed for you to do great and good things, give us a call. Maybe you'd like to know more about how you could come alongside and help that work in Haiti that brings so much life. Hey, give us a call. Maybe you'd like to just share with us your own heart concern or or prayer need. Give us a call. Just dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, we're always by the phone, ready, anxious, willing to hear from you. But Jamie, I know that some people may be a little reluctant to just dive in and call us up on the phone. What if they want to check us out online? Where would they go? To www.cbhviewpoint.org. That's CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope, viewpoint.org. That's who we are. Read about the ministry there. Send us an email. We will reply. Or at the last, just write me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, 
Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But whether you call us on the phone, check us out online, or use the post, please. Let us hear from you this week. Mark and Kathy Fulton, always glad to see you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And I'm just saying, it feels so good to be in a room with Mark Fulton, and he's not going to drill my teeth, because now he's doing that (laughs) in another country. Absolutely. (laughs) So good to be with you. And Jamie, thanks for coming alongside. Always glad to have you. Always glad to be here. And we're thankful to you who have listened to us today. We pray that you'll join us again next week. Until then, for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.